Hello, and thank you for inviting me into your eardrums again. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Podcast Trashy Books. This is episode number 414. Today, Amanda and I are answering listener email and making a metric crap ton of romance recommendations. Gemma emailed us to say that she loves episodes with Amanda and wondered if Amanda could help her find more books like the ones that she's been really enjoying. Yes, we can definitely do that. So we talk about Gemma's letter, we make a bunch of fantasy romance recommendations, and we talk about what we're reading and listening to. Now, if you have ideas of books that we could also suggest for Gemma, or if you would like to make requests for recommendations for your own reading, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and give you more recommendations because, you know, Amanda and I don't need an excuse to talk to each other, but we would love to do more of it and give you book ideas. This episode is brought to you in part by Ritual, a daily multivitamin obsessively researched for women. It is vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, allergen-free, and all of the sources for the nutrients inside are provided so you can read and research on your own. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, which is why Ritual's founder is on a mission to reinvent the vitamin industry. They're committed to showing you their nutrients, where they came from, and why they chose them. They call it traceability. I like that it's easy, that a new bottle is delivered to me the minute I finish the old one, and I like that I don't have to remember to go buy more. I really enjoy that part. I also like knowing what's exactly inside each capsule and why it's there. The source of each part is provided in the package information and, best of all, never makes me nauseated. Daily changes can lead to big results, so start small today. Ritual is offering you 10% off your first three months. Try it out, satisfaction guaranteed. Go to ritual.com slash Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, to start your ritual today. That's 10% off your first three months at ritual.com slash Sarah. Hello and thank you to our Patreon community, who is amazing. If you have supported the show, you are helping me make sure that episodes are accessible to everyone and you keep the show going every week. If you would like to join the Patreon community and you enjoy the show and would like to support it, please have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Monthly pledges start at $1 a month. Every pledge is deeply, deeply appreciated. So hello again, Patreon community. You are all together fabulous and have excellent taste. This podcast is also brought to you by Feels. If you are experiencing some stress, you think, anxiety, or maybe having trouble sleeping, heads up. Now, as you know, I pay a lot of attention to my sleep, how much sleep I get, and I love the new option that helps me get really good sleep. I'm a little obsessive about sleep. It's called Feels. Feels is premium CBD oil that is delivered directly to your doorstep. Feels naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, and sleeplessness. It is easy to take. The thing to remember about CBD is finding the right dose. Finding the dose is important, and everyone's dose is different. So you leave room to experiment for about a week, and you figure out how much is exactly right for you. And if you are new to CBD oil, Feels can help. They have a free CBD hotline to help you out. I've been using it for about two weeks now. And I figured out my dose very easily. I like very much how easily I fall asleep and how much deeper and restful my sleep has been. Like I said, I'm a little obsessive about it. Feels has helped me feel my best every day and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash trashy books. You get 50% off your first order with free shipping. Yay! That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash trashy books to become a member and get 50% off automatically from your first order with free shipping feels.com slash trashy books. I will absolutely do not worry. Provide links to all of the books that we talk about in the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. And I end every episode with a bad joke. And this week's joke is particularly terrible because that's how I like them. 
I do a lot of research to find the worst possible jokes. And I've heard from some of you how bad they are, which makes me very happy. So let's get started with me and Amanda and Gemma making book recommendations. On with the podcast. So I have something to show you. Check this out. In honor of our stream today, wearing the Stardew Valley t-shirt. This is my favorite part. The sleeve says farm made. Isn't it cute? That's adorable. It was either a Hanukkah or a birthday present. One of the two. I mean, my birthday's in June and Hanukkah's usually in December. So it was one of the two. But I, I love this shirt. It's one of those shirts where, you know, you see it and you're like, oh, gosh, it's going to be really expensive. And then you get it. It's like, this is the softest, most wonderful shirt. I will never wear anything but this shirt. I would pay $1,000 <laughs> for this shirt. So how you doing today? What you drinking? A ruby red grapefruit polar seltzer. Damn fancy. It's the only way I will drink water. Ah, uh, Adam went to the grocery shop today. We try to do it like once a week on Thursday mornings. So our grocery stores are out of whole wheat flour and they are out of most forms of Sprite, which I blame on July 4th partying, which shouldn't be happening. But what do I know? But isn't there like a bread recipe that mixes flour and Sprite? Wait, is there? I think so. Hold <gasps> on, keep talking. I'm going to Google. Is that what's going on? Oh, first Google of the podcast. So wait, Sprite and flour? That's a thing? Yeah. Either way, Sprite I have bread. Sprite bread is a thing. Oh my God. <laughs> I am telling Adam this right now. Dude, Sprite bread is a thing. <laughs> I think it's there to help take the place of yeast, if I remember correctly. So if there's like a yeast shortage, I think you can use it, use Sprite instead. That's hilarious. <laughs> so those are the things that are missing from our grocery store. But let me tell you, my drinking menu in quarantines, I drink a lot of Pimm's cups because it's warm and I can put fruit in them, which is healthy. Yeah. It's like an alcoholic salad, to quote Linda <laughs> Belcher. And I need Sprite for that. So I have Sprite and now I have diet tonic water for my gin and tonics. I am all set. You're set. Yeah. Although I will say one thing, in the quarantines, we have become a family that has a lot of soda in the house. Which I... Is Usually don't drink soda. If I do, I it's a Diet Coke. And then sometimes I'll put like vanilla vodka in it. Ooh. So it's like a vanilla Coke. That sounds good. But it's a rarity that I have soda in the house. I generally don't drink soda. It's not very good for me. And I never wanted to have a bunch of soda in the house with my kids. But look, camp is canceled. We can't leave the house. We're still in phase two. We're not going anywhere. It's 90 plus degrees with 70% humidity and like a 72 degree dew point. So like the air is like chewy. It's as if you go outside and the world is quilt batting and you just have to swim through it. So we're not leaving the house. And if the kids want, oh, could I have Dr. Pepper this week? Fine. Like, I don't care. Sure. Whatever. Well, the good thing about this is that at 14 and 12, they're old enough to be like, wow, I had a Dr. Pepper with dinner and then I had trouble sleeping. So I shouldn't have caffeine at night. I'm like, yeah, you're right. This is much more effective than me saying no. <laughs> no, after like, science. going years of like not drinking soda, having soda, you're like, fuck, I can't even finish a can. Like, <laughs> I know you're a dark and stormy person. I am a light and stormy. Mm-hmm. Person. So it's uh, ginger beer, gin, lime, 
and you know, whatever the hell else I feel like putting in there. So I have a diet ginger beer and there's a point where I can't finish a bottle of it, just an individual serving bottle. I'm like, what's wrong with me? But all of that carbonation, my stomach is like, oh, you, you got to stop now. This is ridiculous. I feel like any alcoholic beverage that includes ginger beer, like I'm ordering it. Like I love a Moscow mule. I love a dark and stormy. I just, which is ginger beer and rum, right? Yes. Yeah. And Moscow mule is ginger beer and vodka. Served in a little copper mug. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's know. It's always cool when the drink comes in a neat cup. I don't know why it's always a copper mug. Like, what's the point? What does it do for it the drink? It telegraphs how absolutely badass <laughs> cool you are. It telegraphs, I just spent $15 on a cocktail. That's <laughs> 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 what it does. This cup. <laughs> well, I do have compliments for you. Yay for compliments. All right. You ready? This, this, <laughs> this episode is Amanda by request. So I'm going to read this email. <laughs> this email is from Gemma. Gemma says, and Gemma is also Scottish. I will not, I, I will not do this in any, any in attempt. In a brogue. No, I will not. I do not have that <laughs> skill, but please know I'm very jealous of your, of your location. Gemma says, first, let me say that I am a big fan of the podcast. Yay! I happened to cross it only a few months ago, and I have been binging all of your previous episodes. There are 412 of them, so good luck. Honestly, you and your guests are such wonderful company for a variety of activities, from cooking and cleaning to walking in the beautiful Scottish countryside. Can you wow. feel my envy right now? <laughs> yeah. Like, <Rude>. Gemma. <laughs> Gemma. Gemma, send pictures, please. Send us pictures. Although I must admit, I listen to you at regular speed. That's fine. We are envying you at regular speed. So, you know, it all works out. Here we go. Brace yourself, Amanda. You ready? I'm braced. I'm holding on to the edge of my desk. I especially love the episodes where you and Amanda chat about books you love and give reader recommendations <laughs> for their own personal catnip. I wish the fruit-based tech company podcast app had a way of filtering podcasts so I could search for the ones that Amanda appears on so that I could save the repetitive stress injury from my thumb from scrolling so far back to find all these episodes. You can do a search in fruit-based <laughs> podcast app. Because I listen to a lot of true crime, and I listen to it while I sleep, and if there's like a particular episode. I love this. I, I listen to true crime while I sleep. I listen to stories of murder while I For a I long rest. time, I would routinely listen to like the four or five part like Jonestown episodes, but <laughs> you can search and it'll bring up podcast episodes that are in your library or podcast episodes that are just like in the general podcast app. And usually when I'm on the podcast with Sarah, she'll title it Sarah and Amanda. Yeah. And then I so always put the guest name in the title because that's good for search engine friendliness. Yeah. So if you type in Sarah and Amanda, that Which might Amanda. Just Amanda, that might help you a little bit. Yes, but hey, if you have requests for additional Amanda episodes, <laughs> I'm gonna make that happen because they're some of my favorites. I just don't want to tax you unnecessarily. Be like, hey, come on the podcast. Hey, come this on the podcast. isn't a hardship for me. Okay, no. good. <laughs> now, Gemma says, I noticed you haven't done a podcast with readers' questions voicemails in a while, and I was hoping I might time this email right so it is included whenever you next do such an episode, as I'm you really struggling to find. It. You did it. This is all you, girl. I'm really struggling to find books that do it for me. And my local independent bookshop is so tiny that they don't carry a large romance section. All right. Game on. I must admit, I've only gotten back into reading fiction this year. After a hiatus of nearly 10 years, blame it on getting a degree and a master's in law. And after a long day reading, the last thing I wanted to do was read. We get it. I did, however, listen to a lot of podcasts. 
And I happened across one that I must recommend to you called Sentimental Garbage. They talk about books that women love even if critics pan them. That sounds relevant to my wheelhouse. I know you enjoy the Double Love podcast. I do. When you're cross-stitching, indeed. And the presenter of Sentimental Garbage is also Irish and has lots of great expressions such as wagon. Irish insults include calling somebody a wagon. Okay, so when I read that, my mind went to the parlance of our times. She's got a wagon. No, it's a bad thing. Would that, that means that she's got a nice butt. So I was like, wagon? wagon. No, that's a bad thing. If someone's a wagon, they're, they're terrible. Oh, Oh. I love, I love variations in how to insult people. I also (laughs) just love the idea that you can call somebody a fucking salad. I don't know what that means. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) Anyway. I was listening to Sentimental Garbage, and in one episode, they discussed A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Mass. Their discussion was so brilliant that I ran out and bought the first book, and I've been hooked on reading ever since. Welcome back, Gemma. Let me tell you, it feels really good to be back. My issue, however, are you ready? I can't quite figure out where I stand when it comes to genre. I read Sarah J. Mass's other books and enjoyed her Throne of Glass series, but it just wasn't romantic sexy enough for me. The first book in her Crescent City series has a lot of my catnip, big fantasy world with lots of characters and stories and the romantic relationship between the hero and heroine, a large part of that, but also in some ways secondary, if that makes sense. Other books that I have read recently and adored include Six of Crows and the sequel by Leigh Bardugo. I particularly enjoyed the Nina Matias relationship. And Serpent and Dove by Shelby Mahurin, I might be saying that wrong, which is a romp of a story. So essentially what I'm looking for are stories that read like YA and a fantasy paranormal novels, but with smooching and sex. So while I'm reading this, Amanda's just nodding and nodding. Yes. Yep, yes. yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I think I'm looking for recommendations for fantasy paranormal that are heavily plot driven, but where the romance is a large secondary plot line. I have no particular preferences in respect of tropes, such as enemies to lovers, friends to lovers, alpha beta guys, etc. I will read anything except historical. Amanda also nods at that. (laughs) Apologies for this very long email. You don't ever have to apologize for that. I wish I had a bad joke to finish with, but I shall leave such things to the experts like yourself. Love and best wishes during this trying time and always an avid listener, Gemma. Thank you, Gemma. I have brought Amanda in specifically to address all of your book needs. (laughs) This is going to be so expensive, and I am so sorry. So, so. I, was, I was thinking about this all last night after I immediately vomited a bunch of recommendations into our little Google Doc about why this might appeal to you, why it appeals to me personally, because I, I love this sort of stuff. And I think with a fantasy and paranormal kind of world, often the stakes are a lot higher for the couple than in like a contemporary romance like in a contemporary romance it's like oh no you're my brother's best friend and it would be awkward at thanksgiving if we you know boned and then broke up and then got back together like that to me is like a super surmountable problem whereas in paranormal romance or fantasy romance it's like oh no if we smooch the prophecy will be complete and the world will explode um, <laughs> so you're saying that the world exploding weighs heavier in terms of consequence than family awkwardness oh yeah 
there are so many plot lines that could be solved with having a difficult conversation with your family. And I'm with you. I have so little patience for, oh, I can't disappoint my family by dating this guy. Like, is this your life or their life? Because my life, it's yours. And a lot of the times it would just be helpful. It's like, oh, yeah, the the heroine or hero goes to therapy and learns how to set healthy boundaries and ta-da, we're done. <laughs> is, this like the, the, is this the new version of the big misunderstanding? The plot could be resolved by one conversation or the plot could be resolved by the establishment of healthy boundaries. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And yeah. sometimes, you know, in my personal life, I would definitely take the world exploding over spending a uncomfortable holiday with my family. Um, yeah, I hear so that. So even, even that outcome is more welcome. I'm sorry, I can't come to Thanksgiving this year. The earth might explode. So. You know, that's a perfectly valid reason to skip <laughs> awkward family gatherings. I mean, chances are no one's going anywhere for Thanksgiving this year. Yeah. Which means we're going to have a lot of deep fried turkey to eat. Woohoo! I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people traveled for Thanksgiving. In my travels, I was aghast because three out of my four flights were full. Oh, man. So we have a lot of recommendations for you, Gemma ready and i've kind of sorted them by romance it's like definitely a fantasy romance paranormal romance i have some ya titles that i feel skews older and is more like new adult and falls into a court of thorns and roses territory and then i have romantic fantasy where Mm -hmm. romance is definitely secondary to the world building but it definitely feels like a sweeping romantic journey yeah. so those are the three we're working with here i have a couple but your your list is much more <laughs> wholesome now, i do oh. have a question for you do you think Gemma is right about the elements that make up the addictive qualities for a court of thorn of roses because i know that the i keep wanting to call it akatar a court of thorns and roses series is extremely addictive to readers and do you think she's right that it's the fantasy world, lots of characters, a romantic relationship that's a large part of it, but the stakes are higher for them in the fantasy plot versus the romance plot? I think so. And there's also I mean, the archetype of the hero and the heroine in this one, or the heroes and heroines. Is- yes. So I think in the Akatar series, it follows the same couple, but also has like background couples. Yeah. Which isn't my favorite setup. I tend to like different couple focuses per book because at some point I just get bored I mean the good thing about that series is that it is six books five books they're big ass books but yeah yeah whereas for example Alona Andrews who I I love their stuff but I had to tap out on the Kate Daniels series because it's like okay like I don't care anymore it reaches to a certain (laughs) point that it's like I'm bored which is why I prefer their Hidden Legacy series a bit better. Oh, that series um, is so good. Which is on my recommendation list for you, Gemma, because so far it seems like each couple set gets three books, which is fine. That is just enough for me. So first recommendation, Hidden Legacy series, Alona Andrews. First book is Burn For Me. The first trilogy is Complete. And then the start of the second trilogy, I think it starts with Sapphire Flames mm-hmm. and follows the heroine's sister. So it's all interconnected. It starts off urban fantasy in like the first book and then kind of weaves in more romance elements the more you progress. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's definitely the case. 
one book that I always recommend to people who loved A Court of Thorns and Roses is Beck McMaster's A Promise of Darkness. Ooh, what do they have in common? So Promise of Darkness has definitely the same couple, lots of kind of like fairy scheming, political machinations, stuff like that. My cat got all excited the moment you started talking about it. He like jumped off the sofa and is like coming over here. And like, whoa, tell me about this book. He's into it too. So, and I think Elise reviewed it on the site and it got a, a positive grade. But Beck McMaster does some really good fantasy romances in general. This is just one of her newer series. Not sure how you feel about dragons, but... Me I'm- personally? I no. think they're great. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Dragon Bound by Thea Harrison and Dragon Actually by G.A. Aiken. Dragon Bound is more urban fantasy, but like dragon shifters are part of the world. Mm-hmm. And Dragon Actually is more straight like fantasy romance where it's like a fantasy world with dragons and like warrior heroines and stuff like that. And that's sort of faux medieval. Yes. Like everyone has a horse or a cart. No one has anything technological. It's that sort of, I always think of it as such a silly way to describe it, but I always think of it as soft shoes medieval. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Well, when you said soft shoes, my mind immediately pictured those like jazz class soft shoes. (laughs) You know what I mean? So then my mind went to like West Side Story medieval version. With dragons. With dragons. Instead of the sharks, it's the dragons. Instead of the jets, it's the trebuchets. I don't know. (laughs) Dragons and the trebuchets. Um, (laughs) I was trying to think of what a medieval jet would be. (laughs) I also want to mention the Immortals After Dark series by Cressley Cole. Yes. I, I always give this caveat. The beginning books aren't fantastic. They are very reminiscent of like early 2000s paranormal with like super alpha heroes and that sort of thing. And a little bit the, on the creepy side, a little bit on yeah, the domineering, domineering side. side. But the series does find its footing a few books in, I would say like four to five books in. And Cole then definitely introduces a big overarching plot line that What's continues. What's that thing called? The the cataclysm like the world's gonna end because they all gotta battle each other no that's yeah so many people screaming (laughs) at us i'm gonna google it the cacophony (laughs) the hullabaloo it's the hullabaloo (laughs) so let's see the cacophony where is it the ascension there you go accession sorry yes the accession i like the hullabaloo better the hub (laughs) hullabaloo What's happening? It's the hullabaloo. It sounds just like the world's going to end in a dangerous square dance. (laughs) (laughs) I could use this in square. I don't think I do, actually. Never mind. I take that back. Instead of a Game of Thrones, a game of square dances. (laughs) Or a square dance of thrones. So is the, is it possible, do you think, to start the Immortals After Dark series with like book four? Or should you try to read at least A Warlord Once Forever, which is a novella and not that much of a commitment? I'm trying to think. So the hero and heroines that show up in the first few books, I don't really remember seeing in later titles. 
Mm-hmm. So I think you'll be fine. There are characters that show up in all of the books. For example, Nyx, who plays a big hand in kind of the progression of the stories. Book four used to be my absolute favorite. And then, you know, I have a whole ranking. And I like that one a lot. But I don't know. I'm a pseudo-completionist in the sense that I'll read a contemporary or a historical romance out of order. Mm-hmm. But I won't read a paranormal or fantasy romance out of order because world building plays such a large part of those genres. And I don't want to, you know, be more confused than I already am. I understand. So you I know, at the recommend- same time, though, you know me, I suck at series. Yeah. Like I suck out loud at series. Um, <laughs> like I'll be like, all right, book one was good. That's fine. I don't need to read books two through 49. Like, that's fine. I'm good. But if I do get into a series, I'm always curious. All right, is this the book where I tap out? All right, I'll read one more. Is this the book where I tap out? And then I just put it down and never go back to it. I'm also the I'm also the kind of person who can be like watching a television show and then stop in the middle of that episode and be like, I'm done now. We've talked about our like bad TV habits. Yeah. And how like TV shows don't know how to wrap up at like the highest point, mm-hmm. which gives us kind of like anxiety about a series of like, okay, when are they going to fuck us over and yep. you rage quit. Yep. And the last fantasy romance I have on my list is A Song of Blood and Stone by L. Penelope. Such a good recommendation. The third book is out soonish and yeah. it follows different couples in an established world. And the uh, world is incredible. Yeah. So I think out of all of the ones I gave you, I want to say that one is probably closest to what you've described that you're looking for in terms of the romance is there and it's compelling, but it's also like secondary to the larger issues at hand. And that's also a a world without a lot of technology, but there is a lot of magic and danger and politics. Yes. Moving on to the YA section. <laughs> Take I a have- tour of our virtual bookstore. So I have two. One is Winter Song by S.J. Jones. It is the first in a completed duology. J.J. was a previous podcast guest, and it was so She's much fun. awesome. And this She's book great. is really really good and during the podcast episode she revealed that it was steamier than what's published but there is some the same thing yeah (laughs) and tumblr like flipped out about it yeah sorry tumblr (laughs) really sorry sarah j mass fans we didn't mean to like completely flip you out jj was writing some serious sexy times and then like dialed it back yeah, there is some sexiness in Winter Song. It definitely skews older. It's like a labyrinth retelling. There's like a goblin king. And it's two books. They're completed. I really liked them. And then I'd also recommend Cruel Prince by Holly Black. If you mm, like good one. the same feel of, you know, kind of anti-hero, fey lead, and then like a very strong heroine and i think that series is also finished i know there are some people who are like i won't read a series until it's done and then romantic fantasy so naomi novik does some really good romantic fantasy romance is usually secondary to like the larger things so there's uprooted and spinning silver i like spinning silver better than uprooted but 
they're both very good. They feel like, you know, fairy tales for adults. And then Catherine Arden, who did The Bear and the Nightingale, another three-book series. Very good. I want to plug Deathless by Kat Valente. This book, I don't know if I'd call it like a favorite, but it is one of the most memorable reading experiences I've ever had. The language is beautiful. And it's, I think, like Russian. And the main character, the heroine, becomes like the bride of this like god of death. And the whole thing is just like a giant allegory to, what is it? Oh, the siege of, oh gosh, Leningrad. It's just really good. I wish you would write more like dark romantic fantasy, but I, I think like the last thing I remember reading of hers was Space Opera, which is like Eurovision in space, which is exactly the opposite of Deathless. <laughs> Somewhere a musician has woken up in Europe and said, Yes, Eurovision in space. We have to make it happen. We must make garbage. this happen. <laughs> I mean, Eurovision was canceled. So you think like the next thing is like space, the final frontier. Just, just build a giant, yeah, just build a giant space station. Have them all. But can, imagine Eurovision in zero gravity. Like, what Ooh. could you do? in a low gravity situation in Eurovision. Ooh. That'd be pretty amazing. The space is your oyster. That's right, Eurovision. <laughs> if anyone is going to set up a concert hall in space, it's you guys. We're counting on you. This is what will unite the world. The world. Yes. Is a space race of sorts to host Eurovision. In low in, orbit. Yeah. In with space. low gravity. Yeah. On the I mean, moon. whatever. We all have to battle the coronavirus. Let's all unite for Eurovision in space. Let's yeah, do it. I think this sounds great. <laughs> what about Juliette Morillier? Ooh, I'm so mad I didn't think of that. <laughs> I love her books so much. I started reading them in high school. Was it the Seven Waters series? Yeah, I, I think that's the name of it. Yeah. And her newer books. So I read The Harp of Kings, which is about like a brother-sister bard team. And the romance definitely is a slow build, not between the brother and sister. Let me just rephrase that right now. Thanks <laughs> for um, clarifying that. <laughs> not between each other. But Surprise. the sister has kind of like an antagonistic relationship with one of the their like fellow recruits because they're all training to be part of this elite warrior team. But the romance increases in the next book. So I think Juliet Marillier is also a good option. Yeah, A Dance um, with Fate comes out in the U.S. on September 1st. So there's going to be a new book in that series too, right? Yes. They're all just like romantic and vast. Lush. And, They're oh, lush. Yeah. So detailed. And then the last book I had was 10,000 Doors of January by Alex E. Good Harrow, Harrow. This was her debut. And the sheer beauty of the writing just blew my mind and made me so angry. Because <laughs> do you ever just witness talent so good and you're like, fuck, like this is more good than anything has a right to be. Like this is, <laughs> that's how I felt reading 10,000 Doors of January. It like plays with language and it's just so smart. It's like a portal fantasy. This girl becomes like this, unlikely guardian of these magical portals and you know there's a 
enigmatic benefactor and a secret organization and it's really good so that's that's the end of my list which is i have we tried i did (laughs) but this is this is not the area in which i have the most fluency so Gemma clearly came to the right person here because your tastes line up much more than mine do i would recommend the also alona andrews the innkeeper series those are a mix of fantasy and space and romance and a lot of fighting and badassery and One of them is Vampires in Space, which I found absolutely terrific. I also started reading in the middle of the series, and I can hear people screaming now in horror that this is a thing I do. But this is the thing I do. I think the Innkeeper series might really work for you. They're more, they're not urban fantasy. Space urban fantasy? Yeah, they're hard to categorize. They are hard to categorize. Another option I think that might work is The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms by N.K. Jemisin. The romance is not as present, but there is one. And if you want sweeping, incredibly intricate, oh yeah, really good writing, that is a great series. That's one of the series where I convinced my husband to read it. Our tastes do not line up at all. And when I can find a fantasy series that I know is going to work for him, it makes me so happy. He loved that series, thought it was so good. He likes a fantasy world that is really, really long and detailed with a lot of lore. Like if the book series comes with its own Wikipedia, it's perfect. (laughs) I'm not even joking. That is exactly what he wants. N.K. Jemisin, I always give the caveat, not for 100,000 Kingdoms, but for the Broken Earth trilogy, if I remember correctly, that's the one that is in second person, which can be a little disorienting for people. But I'm a huge proponent of like, if you're not enjoying a book, put it down. Like I will put a book down so quickly if it doesn't grab me within like 25 to 50 pages. I have no qualms about doing that. However, I think that series, or at least the first book in particular, is one that I always recommend people pushing through until at least about 100 pages or so, Mm -hmm. just to just get familiar and settle into the second person narration. Yeah. And the last one, I want to ask your opinion. Do you think the Iron Seas series, starting with the Iron Duke by Mel Jean Brooke, would be a good idea? It's got a little bit of old school themology to it. There's yes. some older archetypes for characters at work, but it's also it's also s- steampunk in an interesting and engaging way. Like it'll suck you in. I feel like if Gemma reads either Mel Jean Brooks' Iron Seas or Immortals After Dark. If she likes one, she'd like the other. If she doesn't like it, then she won't. I feel like those two are similar in archetype and tone and like how dark the stories can get sometimes. So if she tries one of those books, you know, like The Warlord Wants Forever or what is it? The Iron Duke. Mm -hmm. If she she likes one, she'll like the other. Yeah. If she doesn't, probably skip the other. I mean, recommend it and... See what, happens. See what happens. Of your list, would you say that the one book Gemma should try first is A Song of Blood and Stone by El yes. Penelope? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. that one matches a lot of what she's looking for. And the new paperback covers are so pretty. Oh, like, they're gorgeous. They're so gorgeous. So I think if you had to narrow down where to start mm-hmm. with this list, I would mm-hmm. say the, the El Penelope series. Yeah, I think that's when the minute you started typing it, I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly what Gemma should grab next. And it's the third one is if it's not out now, it's out extremely soon. I think it is out. 
can't remember. And I can also mention that Elle Penelope has a podcast That's called what she does. My Imaginary Friends, where she talks about writing. And listen, her voice is so nice to listen to. I don't write fiction as a, as a habit, but I love listening to her talk about the intricacies of writing and the things that she does, partially because her perspective is fabulous and partially because her voice is terrific. And she was a podcast guest with you. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure was. Has so, been. You can always dip into, into that one. Thanks for writing That's to her. us, Gemma. Yeah. And, and thanks for uh, complimenting the Amanda episodes. I will create more of them by making sure that Amanda is, you know, on Skype. <laughs> and if you want, although if you're in Scotland... It would be like 11 o'clock at night. So twice a week, we are going to stream playing Stardew Badly. So if you want to listen to us chit-chat and play video games, you can do that at twitch.tv slash smart twitches. And there's a there's a chat so you can talk to us and yes. ask us all sorts of questions. And yes, we love questions. We'll take book recommendations while while we're, you know, fishing and hoeing we and mining. We inevitably so always talking talk about books. about books at some point. <laughs> I have a book question for you. Oh, God. How did your library pickup go? Fine. So my library pickup, what happened was, is they have like a little appointment program and you pick an hour window of when you're going to go and get them. And pretty much everything was automated. So I live like a four minute walk from my library branch. So yeah. So I left the house. Masks are required. Mm -hmm. You stand outside the door and the way my library is set up is their circulation desk is like directly in line with the door so they can see when someone is waiting. And then the librarian came out. He asked me my name, told him. He handed me my bag of books, and I was on my merry way. It took, you know, a minute. That's fabulous. Yeah. So I have just now, so we are just now beginning to open the libraries around us. And the two nearest branches, I'm going to send you a picture in the... Skype chat. This is the nearest library to me. This library is hundreds of years old. Like there are pictures of the original parts of Kensington, Maryland that show this building surrounded by like acres of fields. So the it's the noise library. I will post a link. This building is so cute. It's It's so quaint. It is a children's library. You walk in through that little doorway. The librarian's desks are over to the side and the whole of the the whole building, the whole first floor is just open for young children. So you'll go in there and there'll be kids playing and reading and story time and toys. There's a big bucket right next to the checkout desk. This is my favorite part. This is before the quarantines. Did you lick it? Put it here. That's the issue kids are dealing with here. They're going to lick the things. The lick it bucket. Yes, it is the lick it bucket. I love it so much. But that is the library that is easiest for me to get to without having to cross a really busy street that has a lot of traffic or used to have a lot of traffic. Well, that one's closed because you can't socially distance in a building that small and they're not letting kids hang out together yeah. like that. Anyway, so I can't do any of my hold pickups there. I do particularly like going into a library room full of toddlers and picking up some really spicy novels. <laughs> and handing them to the children's librarian. I'm like, hello, yes, hi, thank you, I'll take this, bye. So what if I... you put one of the spicy books into the lick it bucket? <laughs> I was curious what would happen. <laughs> the librarian would be peeved at me. <laughs> so the noise is not open for pickups. It's not open at all. And we're starting to reopen some of the other branches that I can get to for my pickups. And I have, I am so excited. Like, I feel like I have been denied the opportunity to get these books I put on hold in February. Like, I have so excited. I had forgotten what I put it on hold. And then I got 
the notification. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I don't know if I want to read those right now, but I'll take them. And then the minute it opened, so I got my books yesterday. In the last 24 hours, I think I've put four more books on hold to be oh. picked up. Yep. The one that is the most anticipated for my eventual holds pickup in the library that is open is the Oracle Code graphic novel, oh, which yes. my son wants to read so badly. It is the graphic novel story of Barbara Gordon. Yes. And I think Carrie reviewed it. Did she review the first one or yes. the second one? Both of them. This is the second the, one. The first one she reviewed. My younger son is so excited. He's like, are they, can you pick it up? Can you pick it up? Are they open yet? I'm so excited to read it. Meanwhile, I have like how to make a quilt, how to sew easy <laughs> project. I got all my crafty books and I'm looking at them like, oh yeah, I forgot about those. Yes. So, so what did you get I, from the library? So I picked up, both of these are darker, but it's called A Woman Like Her, The Story Behind the Honor Killing of a Social Media Star by Sanam Oh, how come um, you didn't get the audiobook to listen to while you sleep? <laughs> I don't think there was an audiobook available. <laughs> and then I got a thriller in translation that was originally written in Korean called The Only Child. Ooh. And like creepy children are, that to me is the scariest thing I've ever seen or read in horror is like creepy, creepy kids. And then I put The Family Plot by Sherry Priest on hold. This was just a book on sale. But it's a gothic horror where a woman who runs a salvaging team in Tennessee goes to like an old house to like strip it and get like architectural stuff out of it. And then I put the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton on hold. And it's like clue meets murder mystery meets Groundhog Day. So this woman is like cursed to die over and over and over again in this like murder mystery type scenario until this man can figure out who did it. But the catch mm -hmm. is, is that every time it resets, he inhabits the body of another person in the house. Oh, oh my. It, it sounds trippy and really neat. And I think he has a new book coming out that I'm also interested in. So just a lot of like weird fucked up stuff right now. You are reading some creepy stuff. Have you started all of them? Are you like buffeting your books? So I started The Only Child briefly last night, but I haven't really made any headway. But for the Hide Your Wallet post this month, the first one already went up and then the second one comes out on the 15th. Mm -hmm. I would say most of my picks are new horror titles coming out. I don't know why. I'm just, there's like a lot of indigenous horror coming out. There's another one by, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but it's called Wonderland. It's got a shining vibes to it. Yeah, I'm just like in a horror mood lately. I can't imagine why. I don't know why. And then I've been watching a lot of videos on death, mainly Caitlin Doty's YouTube channel. Is it the one Wonderland? By Zoji Stage? Yes. That's it? Jewish. Yes. Ooh. And then she had her previous book, Baby Teeth. Fucked me up. Another like creepy kid scenario. Oh, that is a creepy cover too. Yeah. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, I am about to read Mary Balog's Truly, which was originally published in 1996. She is my podcast guest this week. Yes. It is such a nice interview. It is the loveliest conversation. I had the best time. 
I cannot wait for this episode to get out because people are going to love it. So Mary she, doesn't talk about lick it buckets like we No, do. <laughs> no, she does not. She's extremely intelligent, extremely clever, very proper woman. And I would never talk about lick it buckets to her. My, my inner 13 year old was not cool during this interview. You can sort of hear my voice getting higher and higher and higher. And I have to like tell myself, calm down, calm down, calm down. But truly is one of the regencies that she's re-releasing. But this book was originally released in 1996, and it is about the Rebecca raids in Wales, where all of a sudden people put up toll booths to make the Welsh people pay money to travel and sell things. And it was a form of financial and transportational abuse and oppression. And so the middle of the night, the people would ride out under the guide of a person who was a man dressed as a woman named Rebecca. They all had a Rebecca and they would all ride around and they would pull down the toll booths. So in truly this kid who has been told by his mother who grows up in Wales among like regular people is told, no, no, you're actually the son of this titled guy. You're actually the son of this titled guy. Turns out mom wasn't lying and he gets taken away when he's 12 to go to school and become, you know, the proper son of this titled guy. And when he comes back to Wales, he doesn't really fit in with anyone. And it's at the time of the Rebecca raids. So he becomes a Rebecca. He becomes a Rebecca. That is my understanding. I haven't read it yet, but I'm very curious about it. And the other book I'm about to read is The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Clune. Oh, I feel like that's a good one. If you yes. like tender, tender summer reading. Yes. And just relaxing and pretty. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't Meanwhile, all of my books are like, people are dying. <laughs> It's scary. Yeah. Children are creepy. Yeah. That goes without saying for most children. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, thank you. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you again, Gemma, for emailing us. If you would like to request recommendations, Amanda and I are ready to help you out by giving you way too many books to read in your lifetime, because that's what we do. You can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave a voicemail, although it should be a short one, at one two zero one three seven one three two seven two. Or if you just want to email us a bad joke, you can do that too. Thank you again to our Patreon community for their continued and wonderful support. Every pledge makes a deeply appreciated difference and helps keep the show going and makes every episode accessible to everyone. And thank you to Garlic Knitter for this week's transcript. I will have links to all of the books. Do not worry. They will be in the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. And if you think of one that you might think Gemma might like, email us and let us know. We'll pass it along. Now, I always end with a bad joke. This one is particularly bad because it's a Scottish joke dad joke, particularly for Gemma, because she didn't have a joke, but she did say she walks around Scotland. We're still jealous. So here is a terrible Scottish dad joke. I hope this works for everybody. I'm not going to do an accent. Don't worry. It's so bad. Okay. Serious podcaster voice. Two cows are standing in a field. Which cow is going on holiday? The one with the wee calf. Okay. So dumb, I love it. We calf or week off if you're American, but the one with the we calf. <laughs> it's so silly. I love it. Oh, thank, thank you, Reddit, for the Scottish dad jokes. I hope you're as amused by this as I am because I'm really embarrassingly amused by this. I'm actually turning red right now. I can feel my face heating up. Great. <laughs> thank you, Gemma. And thank you for listening. As always, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend, stay safe, and we will see you back here next week. 
Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcasting Network. You can find outstanding podcasts to listen to just like this one at frolic.media slash podcasts. 